0: Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning. We believe that by creating positive habits in sleep, mindset, nutrition, relationships, movement, mobility, and training, you have the ability to become better than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning and me, Paul Dick. Very excited to have a live person in here today. (laughs) We got Coach Justin Ross hanging out with us. And uh, we got we got lots to talk about, so um, pretty excited to. We, we've talked about sitting down and doing a podcast together, and uh, now we're just making it happen. So yeah. welcome, Justin. Thank you. So it's nice, nice and early on a Thursday morning, and we're just sipping on coffee. And he's kind of starting to tell me uh, about his his intro into CrossFit and functional fitness and stuff like that. But I think we'll kind of like take it back a little bit further before we get to that point again, uh, and then kind of
1: tell us a. About who you are, Justin. Well, I'm a I'm a male in my 39. <laughs> year, a male in year my 39. Of age. <laughs> 39. year of age. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different. This is a different. uh way of conversation right now, so I'm just kind of now on the spot. Yeah, talking, we're not. We're not um, wearing any clothes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. This is so, so weird. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I guess to start since it's a uh, CrossFit
0: let's go back like when you were when you were growing up were you pretty active when you were a kid were you oh,
1: yeah when i was like everything was sports related with me yeah everything i just wanted to be in the gym like i took in my last year of high school in my free time like those free classes you get mm-hmm. i asked the gym teacher if i can just do another another gym class <laughs> so i did two gym classes like in high school just cuz i didn't want to do go home so just kind of playing Again, two credits for, like, one <laughs> didn't matter. I just was going into it. So it was, like, sports has been my whole life. Like, I just felt really gravitated to anything physical. So, so even before high school, were you, like, you know, did you did you play mini soccer and baseball and stuff like that when you were, like, little, little? Oh, super little stuff. Like, I my parents tried putting me into hockey. The only thing, I'm not good at hockey. No. Like, I can skate, but, like, I'm not competitive in hockey. It just wasn't my thing. I think because my parents pulled me out of hockey early because when I was like, what, six or seven years old, I'd play hockey, and every time I fell, I would just like lay on the ground. <laughs> and as I was sliding, they're like, what are you doing? Get up. I was like, just licking the ice through, <laughs> through your yeah, helmet. Through my helmet. Bro- like, this is way too much money for my kid to <laughs> just lick the ice.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Bring, so, bring you home, give you an ice yeah, cube. Here you go. Yeah. Like, they're like, thank, thank God he's wearing a helmet because, yeah. like, he might have other issues. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: All right, so hockey wasn't a wasn't a big hit.
1: No, that was the only sport that I wasn't really into. But I was playing. Obviously, soccer was a, a, a popular one to do. And I got when I got old, You weren't licking balls or anything like that. No, no <laughs> good. no, that's a different podcast. But uh, yeah, no, I was, well, I ended up gra- like I ended up gravitating towards track and field. So okay. all this all this sports when I was growing up was just the typical growing up sports but uh track and field was where i got most of my confidence in athletics is uh during high school i was doing the competitions in the high school track and fields and then uh we went to provincials and um i was winning the races and the WOA so Winnipeg Optimus Athletics that's out of Max Bell Center in the event their coach came up to my parents is like your son is like, is, this that, is your son Justin, that guy, whatever? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's beating all my athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be interested in, like, joining the club and then just participating in the track and field athletics? And they asked me, I said, yeah, for sure, let's do it. And that was a really good experience because that's where I went to, like, Sydney, B.C., I went to Nova Scotia, like, all the track and field events, and it was all through there. Cool. So I ended up traveling through, canada because of it and at the time it was like just bus trips with like the students and the the athletes so i got a lot of fun and experience with that and then i just realized i'm like i was a really fast runner <laughs> so i was like good i had i broke manitoba records in in my age categories when i was like 17 and 16 um the one highlight was uh pat moore he's my coach at the time and he wanted to put in he wanted me to put in as, or put me in as many uh, uh, events as possible. And so one event, or one track and field meet, I was in four events, and some of them were like right after the other, because like 100 meter sprint was done, and then you go do a high jump or a long jump. This one, it was indoors this season. So I had a 300 meter event, and then it was immediately going into the hurdles, and the hurdles is on the inside track. So I never done hurdles in my life. <laughs> okay like he's like just, just want to try like, it trial like, by fire just yeah. throw you in he's like just do it I'm like want to do it I'm like yeah sure let's go so he signed me up for it that that morning and then I ran into the onto the starting blocks and then I did the 50 meter hurdles and it was like midget or bantam and I broke the record never <laughs> did you knock hurdles. them all down just run straight through <laughs> yeah. them? Just dragging no. them all <laughs> just picking them up and throwing <laughs> them no, so I ended up breaking the record for the first time ever doing the event. <laughs> nice. And given I was like I'm only 17 or 16 at the time, so like it was like wasn't like anything. But at the time it was like mind blowing. I was like super excited, and yeah. I think that kind of stuff just blew my confidence up. Like not the ego, because I was never really like in your face when I'm the best. Yeah. I just felt really good to beat people. Oh, that's cool. So that's really good. Um.
0: Yeah, I I always think that like physical capacity breeds confidence and then if you're doing something and you're seeing progress and you're seeing success in it it's yeah. just like it just makes you feel
1: better overall. Yeah. So like just for it that was the only thing I was really confident at. And everything else I was like kind of like shy and standoffish. I remember not wanting to I remember failing in high school, failing a English, um a presentation in I think English. I refused to go up. And talk about the presentation that I did, and I failed that project because I didn't want to talk in front of anybody. Hmm. And at the time, like I was super self-conscious about my image, like not not necessarily my body image, but like I, at the time I had I needed braces, and I had my teeth were all kind of crooked, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to smile. If you look at all my high school pictures and stuff, I was just like closed mouth smiling. I would laugh with my mouth open, like closed. So <laughs> it was just kind of like that stuff. But like, put a basketball in my hands, a racket. Pff, I didn't care about anything else, but you look at me by myself and not doing anything physical. No. Don't look at me; I'm not doing it. <laughs> nice. So, so like I guess segue into CrossFit, like there was it just fit like the the style of CrossFit just fit as a competition. It was competitive, and then the dynamics of like the community was fun. So, uh,
0: okay, take a step back. Is, oh, so, how did you even? How did you even get into it? You were, you were telling me about, you, you were shoe
1: shopping. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was, I needed new shoes, and I was Googling, like, sports check and all that stuff to see where shoes, like, some cool shoes and Nikes, and these Nike Metcons, oh, not Metcons, uh, Reebok Nanos. Nanos. Yeah. <laughs> the old school Nanos, I'm like, those are cool looking shoes, I'm like, what's this CrossFit thing? And then I remember my buddy Phil, I think he, he he worked at CFW at the time, or was working out at CFW at the time, and he's always telling me to come try this CrossFit thing. I remember in the high school he was telling me, that, like back when CrossFit was really early, mm-hmm. I think 2006, 2007. Well, I graduated 2000, in 2001, so I guess it was out of high school, but he's like, come try this thing. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. Like, it's, it's a gym. I just took it as like another gym thing. I remember having memberships at Snap or at the time it was like Shapes. And stuff like that, and like I don't really go to the gym. I'm so athletic with doing sports. I don't need to work out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Just do it. It's so much fun. You'll love it. You'll love it." And then I found these shoes. And then at the time, I just broke up with my girlfriend, and I was kind of like, kind of depressed in that moment. So I was like trying to find something to do. And then uh, I ended up going to the gym for that free trial. I guess at the time it was called On Ramp. Ours is called uh, Base Camp. So I did the On Ramp thing. It's funny because my mom, my mom gave me four hundred dollars at the time to buy a passport, and I used that money for the on ramp. <laughs> yeah, not going nowhere, mom. No, I'm sticking right here. Not going because she wanted me to go get my passport, so she wanted to go to like a U.S. trip down in like the River Falls. Yeah, and uh, I didn't go because I didn't have a passport. <laughs> yeah, so I did that, and it was fun. That's when I met a lot of my early friends, like athletic friends at the time, or CrossFit friends. Yeah, and then. Uh, from there i just gravitated towards coaching and then it worked out where how long I, were you doing it before before oh, kind of getting into coaching about a year year and a half okay and how yeah. often like how often were you going oh i was going like 6 days a week yeah. i was doing like uh, i was doing all the, the group programming classes like doing the classes and then on weekends there was a kettlebell class and then uh, the powerlifting class was on saturday so i i would do two classes on saturday mm-hmm. and then one Class during the week, like at five o'clock or four thirty. So I would just go. I would just go so hard, and it was fun because it just felt so natural just to work out hard, and it was really fun. And it was, just, I was just getting
0: good at it. So, it, so was that different? Because you said before you were just like you were, you were getting your your fitness through sport, and you were playing yeah. all these different sports and stuff like that. And now you're kind of in the in the gym. Did you find it was? like an easy transition or were you like, was it, you know, challenging and
1: how did that work? Well, for the, the, the transition was flaw, like, like smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like a sport to me again. And it was just an individual sport. And it kind of related to track and field because track and field is very individual. Whereas you're not relying on six people like on a basketball court or five people on a volleyball court. If you fail, you're failing the whole team. Like, you don't fail no one else but yourself in the gym, mm-hmm. especially CrossFit. So it just it just compared it just it just felt the same. Like it felt like track and field again for myself. Like competing with yourself and just dig hard, get just be the first one to finish at the time. And now getting older, it's, it's not about trying to finish first in the gym anymore. But at first it was. It was like who's the best guy here? He's good at rowing. I can beat him. Yeah. Right. It just was typically that. Yeah. And uh, I was never really good at Olympic lifting. I still it, I still am not as good as you would tend to be after doing a couple of years. But it wasn't my wasn't my thing I wanted to be good at. I just wanted to know how to do it. It takes so much time to get good at it, too. Yeah. And it's, if it's, you want to
0: put in the time and the effort and the repetitions and and all that, like, nothing yeah. wrong with that. But that's, like, it, yeah,
1: it's, it's so technical and takes so long to get good at. Yeah. Like, I started cross when I was 30, so... It was like one of those things, Olympic lifting takes years and you usually start when you're young. So it was like I've I appreciated the the power that you needed for it and I just I wanted to be just good at it, but I was never really like I wanna lift four hundred pounds over my head. I just like I wanna just be able to move well and like fast and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And it does give you a sense of pride to be like I just lifted my body weight over my head. Yeah. It's like yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: I'm happy with that. Yeah.
1: Well that's cool. So, so how'd you get into coaching then? Coaching at the time, um, I mentioned I wanted to do coaching cause I really liked it and I I found myself helping or trying to help the members around me cause they would ask me questions like, uh, for rowing and stuff like that. Like, how do you, how would you do this or do that? So like in my lack of knowledge of like, well, I would do it like this cause it felt good. Like, like you row so fast and at the, at the, At the time, it it felt fast, felt good. So they would look up to you. And then it just transitioned to me, like trying to give some advice. And then uh, it segued into that gym that I was at. They were looking to do a boot camp. And that was right after I got my CrossFit level one. So um, Tanya at the time, she's like, would you want to do the boot camp? Because they're starting a boot camp out. You want to jump into that and try it out. And it was like, I was in my... A hundred-hour apprenticeship program, or like it was like kind of training with another coach. Mm-hmm. So me and Anna was she was like the one I was kind of following and meant being mentored by. So me and her started the boot camp, and it worked out. It just worked out perfectly. I got my CF one or C- level one CrossFit as at the same time they were doing that boot camp. So kind of like this is the right thing to do. Is early on I was training new people, like new new members that didn't really do fitness. So it was like kind of like a nice ease into coaching i wasn't coaching super experienced people and yeah and then then challenging my knowledge in it because my knowledge was very new right like i didn't know how to coach people i was just kind of shy and and didn't know how to do certain things the way you wanted to so i was let anna take some of the role and i grow from her so a lot of my coaching experiences from anna and which is uh it was really it was really nice she was really strong and and knowledgeable and that kind of stuff too so and then the the boot camp there kind of just shut down and then i kind of went and found a new gym and that's where i found you and i came up to you and i was like can i coach here (laughs) i have a boot camp i can bring (laughs) so so it was it was fun that's how i started ended up coming here
0: no yeah
1: yeah it's uh
0: yeah it was great kind of like getting you getting you in the door and remember having that conversation and started started with your group here and uh gravitated towards like coaching coaching <coughs> our members and stuff like that through our regular group strength and conditioning classes yeah and crossfit classes when we were when we were still affiliated there and um yeah you've you've got it it's cool how everyone has like a bit of a different style to their to their coaching which is always like i always appreciate that how everyone has kind of like that that specific style and you kind of have a a different style in the way that, like you, you do like a, a rehabilitative approach as well. So everyone, like, you know, when you're doing warm-ups and stuff like that, all the coaches kind of like have their have their own thing, sort of thing. But you've always kind of gravitated towards a bit of that, like, rehabilitative side of things. And can you kind of talk about where that comes from? Like well, I know you love
1: feet too. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, not so, <laughs> yeah, it's not a fetish. <laughs> it's not a fetish. Touch your feet, everyone. Yeah. Touch your feet. No, I don't know. I just felt like that was like the starting point. The more you coach, the more you see people. You, you almost kind of find like. You want to get them to do a perfect squat, or you, you they make them look good. So like a lot of times in my earlier, coaching years, yeah, we to told like chest up, hips have to be over your toe or over your heels, balanced and everything. And, what I'm starting to learn is like people have different anatomies now and I'm not going to any college to learn like kinesiology right now, but it was something I'm, I'm really experienced or wanting to learn more about and trying to find different ways to improve it because the more I'm learning is not everyone squats the same way. Mm-hmm. And earlier in my CrossFit or coaching years, it was told like one, you had one way to tell people how to squat. And then now I'm learning. Like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah you know and then some of the things you squat against the wall have your chest up but like that's not the right way to do it cuz now you're arching your back and you know the shorter the shorter people look like they have perfect squats and the taller people look like they're like leaning f- too far over and i'm learning that that's now a normal a normal way of squatting for your anatomy and not everyone looks the same yeah. so it's like trying to find different ways and then i'm finding out like a lot of people are really stiff in the ankles and the hips and stuff. And i like, well, that's a starting point. You know, like when you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning, the first thing that hits the floor are your feet. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're not paying attention to your feet and ankles, that just translates up to lower back pains, knee problems, and <clears throat> stuff like that. So I kind of just gravitated towards that. I never was like wanting to do mobility. Like wasn't my, like I'm going to be a mobility coach. It just kind of gravitated towards that. And the more I do some research, it just seems like everything starts from the ground up.
0: Yeah, and you've done some, like, programming, like, mobility programming and stuff like that for members and and people who have had, like, tighter backs and shoulders and stuff like that, and you've given them some homework to do and, like, you test and retest and stuff like that, and, and you know, it's, it's awesome to see that improvement if people are actually willing to kind of put in the work and do the homework, and and it's, it's cool seeing those results, and not only does it translate to, like, moving better in here, but it's,
1: like, you know, it, it helps them... Moving better outside in their, their daily oh, yeah, lives. For sure. Like when there's like short term and long term results, right? Like if you can do short term results is usually for group training mm-hmm. to just get like, you know, the soft tissues the warmed up and good and get the actual mobility you can get in like the 10, 15 minutes. But that won't result for long term changes. You know, like the longer the longer you commit to certain mobility drills and stuff, and consistently every day, then the muscles are kind of reprogrammed to understand what you're trying to do, and then they grow into a better position, giving you more range of motion. And, you know, like trying to get someone to do something for three to six months consistently, mm-hmm. even if it's like a two minutes a day, that would make huge changes. adds up, it adds up. But it does, and then, but people have like, two minutes a day, they don't see no changes for the first three weeks. They either doubt that it's even working. Yeah. So they either doubt that it's either working, they. Think you're you don't know what you're talking about, or they give up because it's just a lot of work for no result at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But the results are like three months plus. The first three months feel like nothing's nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah. So try to sell that to someone. Yeah. Do something for three months for no reason, yeah. and then you'll find out it works in six months. Well, usually, <laughs> like when you go and when
0: you go and test a movement, say say you go and test a movement, and then. You know, maybe it's an overhead squat, for example. And I know not everyone needs to overhead squat, but um, even with a dowel, like, it's, it's a good expression that you have, you know, good mobility through your ankles and your knees and your hips and yeah. your back and your shoulders and T-spine and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, if grandma's coming in and she's just wanting to get a bit fitter and stronger to be able to get up off the toilet and not have to go into, like, you know, uh, assisted living, it's like... We don't need to get you to overhead squat. we just yeah. got to get you to squat and get those legs stronger and, yeah. and like you said before, that you know 85 year old grandma, her squat might not look like you know 20 year old Timmy who's just a little <laughs> badass well, and like show sure. no mobility issues and stuff like that. so
1: yeah, for, um, for mobility things, like you don't have to I, I believe you don't have to squat right ass to grass to be like considered to be like the range that you need to live. But like if you can squat to parallel is like the the typically ideal squat. But you should be able to squat with no weight as low as you can Mm -hmm. because everything at the end of the day it just comes down to being, getting injured. Like if if you can't squat by yourself to to depth, like below depth or even like sitting on your heels on the floor. So if you sit out, like put your knees on the ground and like kind of sit on your heels. Mm -hmm. If you can't totally get that flexion, with like, despite sitting down in a controlled state, imagine if you like, were say sitting on the floor at home and then your dog jumps on you and it forces you back onto your heels. If you can do that in your controlled state, what do you think's gonna happen when you're forced in that state? Probably a torn ACL or a, a fractured bone or something goes clicking in your knee, right?
0: Or, or you're trying to do an Olympic lift that doesn't go exactly and right. And, and you get forced yeah. in
1: those positions. So if you're yeah. forced in the position, if you're able to sit in those positions in a controlled state, like a lot of times yoga is really good for that. You get into those positions, you hold them. So it's preventing injury and giving you some like, you know, mental breaks. Especially yoga is good for like quiet time, gathering yourself while you're getting stretching. I'm not a big fan of yoga, not in terms of if it works or not. I do believe it works. I just don't want to be alone with my own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so It's a scary it's too place. Quiet. It's yeah. too quiet. Like. So it's oh. like it's fun. So I, I'd like to take the yoga and put it into a more casual setting where you can kind of like talk with the people I, while you're doing it yeah. and you're still achieving the same results. Yeah. You know, I don't need to have those alone times to do my stretching. I don't like working out alone typically. Yeah. So why would I want to stretch alone? Yeah. So that's where I kind of fall down with that stuff is if I can find group training where it's mobility-based. But then a lot of the challenges are like mobility is – People think they can do it at home by themselves. And then it's like, well, I can do that stuff by myself at home. My answer is, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no. So maybe you should come to a class that is sp- helps you with it. And then eventually, if you can get familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is, people, they, it, it's like a monkey see, monkey do. You see, it, you see someone do it, and they're like, well, I can do that. And then tell them to do it by themselves, and so they don't know. It's like yeah. they forget what they have to do. So like a lot of times just come to the class for a couple times and then get used to it and then you can even ask for advice like give me a workout give me this and have like stuff to do by yourself which is my goal for that type of class but it's a hard sell mobility has been a hard sell for a long time in the fitness industry and it's one of the most important things you have to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. It's people would
0: rather get you know a pump on and a sweat rather than working on mobility and it's it's kind of, it's understandable until you get to a point where you really, you really need it, and yeah. then it's like shit. Now I got to start working on mobility, and it, it's going to make it so much harder than if you were to, you know, maybe have started five, ten, fifteen years ago, sort of thing, and just added a little bit in, yeah. like you said. So. People are looking for that
1: instant gratification. What?
0: Right? <laughs> what <laughs> are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And we're all guilty of it. Like yeah. I, I walk around, I can sit there and preach to the choir that it's not right, but. I'm guilty of doing that. Like you wanna you wanna buy that nice car. Yeah. You know, it looks good, feels good. Do you need it? No, but it's, damn it feels good to have a nice car, right? <laughs> like it just stuff you it makes you feel good. And yeah. No.
0: Yeah. Um so when you're when you're working out, you mentioned you like doing the group aspect like yeah typically you would you know jump into classes here and stuff like that which is which is always great it's awesome having coaches in classes and then it's like you know we are practicing what we preach and stuff like that it's not like we're just kind of going in the corner and like doing our own thing sort of thing yeah um which I think is awesome um from just a, a business owner's perspective and just like for you know camaraderie when you see like other when participants see you taking part in classes and you know smack talking you and stuff like that which is I think you know, one of the best parts of of working out in a group. But um, yeah, I kind of want to talk about, you know, how how things have changed a bit more recently for you. I know you kind of had a bit of an issue. Um, You thought you had uh, a hernia. This was
1: how long ago? Uh, This was during the COVID, like the first year of COVID. Um, When we got locked down, we were doing workouts at the home and stuff. And that's when I was starting to get, like, leaned out. I was leaning out pretty good because I had nothing else to do. So I was talking to some friends. Like, the COVID era was, like, either you leaned out and <laughs> got shredded or you gained 25, 30 pounds. It was, like, one or the other. I, I think most people <laughs> gained. <laughs> it wasn't leaned out and got shredded. Well, for myself, that's where, I, that's where the direction I went. But, you know, being at the time, being single, you're able to do that, right? So, yeah. Uh, with family with the family life it's a little different more pr- different priorities and stuff like that so you you become on the the second you know you're not, you're not your own priority at the time when mm-hmm. you have a family and some kids and stuff but anyway I was working out and then I went to have a shower one night and I, f- I saw a lump in my like lower region of my stomach freaked the shit out of me I was like what's this little thing going on here wasn't uh anything other than what I thought was a hernia so I went to the doctor of course the doctor couldn't reproduce I couldn't reproduce that lump but if there was something there I was scared so he's like I don't think he's a hernia but we should go for a for an MRI to, to see if there's any anything that we're missing like mm-hmm. sometimes those can find certain things went to the MRI nothing nothing conclusive A whole bunch of stuff. It was like maybes and possibles, but if it is, it's smaller. And when it comes to hernias, like if it's so small, the surgery is larger than the incision of the hernia. So, like, just leave it and see if it grows. And then I was like, I wasn't convinced of it because there was something there. It would stop me from working out heavily and stuff like that. So, I asked to see a specialist about it. And then they took me to um, a guy, a, a urologist down downtown at the St. Boniface, same thing. He couldn't really be conclusive on a hernia. So I said, well, I did my little Google search, and uh, I was like, well, there's this thing called a Spigelian hernia. Can you check that out, possibly? He's like, those are super rare, but if you want me to check it out, we can check it out. So he ordered the CT scan because the CT scan is the only thing that can detect the Spigelian hernia, I was told. So, um, And you, you just found this out via Google? Yeah, like Google. just to... sp Like I was trying to find symptoms because, like, the doctor's like, yeah, I don't know if it is, but I'm like, there's something there. Like, you're your best. No. You know, you know what's wrong with your body. You should be. You know yourself best, and so I'm like, I'm not convinced with these, with these That's answers. So I try and find things that are kind of related to the same symptoms, and and I was, it was, it was weird because like, the damn thing wouldn't produce at the off op- doctor's office. Yeah. But like, I show my buddies that a baseball and like look there's a lump there, right? Like it's something there. It's like that's crazy.
0: So so you said it kind of okay. limited you doing heavier workouts and stuff like that. So was it like popping out more when you were doing that or did you just have pain and it, it limited? It was just discomfort.
1: You? It was like a discomfort in my lower region and every time I laid down I felt like something get like it felt moving like something when I lay down on my back I could feel it like go in and the lump would go away and I'd stand up and I can physically see the lump just appear. And it was the weirdest thing, but you couldn't get it to do that at the doctor's. No, because like, it wasn't. It it's was a like stupidest part of the I, like, mechanics. It felt like, and it I works felt like fine. the biggest fraud ever. I'm like, <laughs> but seriously, there's something <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And then, um then he said it could be. A, I still forget what he said. It was like something to do with like fluid buildup that goes into like a, an empty void because men have empty voids in their lower region from birth, and then he said sometimes fluid can build up in that and it could cause like. Hernia-like symptoms, and your body just absorbs it over time, mm-hmm. and then um, I just wasn't convinced with that. So I did the CT scan, and then he's like, well, "Okay, there's no there's no hernia, but we found a large mass in your kidney or on close by your kidney." And then so he sent me to a different doctor to do more tests and stuff like that. And then they, uh, long story short, they ended up doing a Partial nephrectomy on my kidney. There was like a golf ball size mass inside my kidney. So that was kind of scary. It's Like they didn't know if it was tumor or a cancerous or anything because it was inside the kidney. They couldn't do a bi. What's it called? Um, a biopsy, biopsy. Yeah. Because it was like inside the kidney, wasn't. It's like we go in or like yeah, we have to go in, in anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. We ended up doing the nephrectomy on it. It was open, like it was open a big ass scar on my stomach right now. It was like I don't know, six, seven inches. But uh they opened me up and took it out. Thankfully it's only benign, it's not malignant. But it was a it was a scary time. Now I'm recovering on it right now. Yeah. And like
0: the recovery, I know when when we were chatting like you
1: had you'd gotten out of the hospital quicker than other people normally do so he was telling me about um the recovery process so he's like you'll be in the hospital five to seven days and um and then see how the recovery starts from there so i was in the hospital for a total of four days because i was blowing through the recovery process pretty quickly i was um because it was a big process i had like when i woke up from the surgery i had like I'm I would I'm a, probably exaggerating, but I had, like, five needles on left arm, four on the other, and it was, like, just tubes coming out of me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up from the surgery, too. He's, like, I remember waking up, and it was, like, it felt like there was, like, six people over me yelling at me. Like, it felt like they were yelling at me. It's was, like, move your arms, move your legs. Are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Like, I was, like, in panic mode. And then they put morphine in me, and I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what are you? This is awesome. Right? <laughs> So it was, it was was pretty, it was, I wasn't scared of the surgery itself. I was scared of the result and the recovery more. Like I wasn't even scared going into the surgery is fine. I was like, what's going to happen after is I was more scared of the recovery period and stuff. And I was worried about depression because like my whole life was physical. I love being physical. I'm like, will this stop me from doing it? And like, I'm like, what other skills do I have if I can't do anything physical? I'm done. Like, <laughs> it felt really scary. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I can't, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't have no experiences with like laptops and, and like the paperwork stuff where like less physical jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I like, and I love doing stuff. Like I love just b- building things with no concept of it, just figuring out problems, like problem solving. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to solve this problem if it came down to that. I was scared of it. So, mm-hmm. I try getting back to the gym as fast as possible. So I was convincing my doctor or trying to convince my doctor if I can go back to work early. And he's like, don't. Like, this, yeah. is, this is sucks. I'm like, well, one job I can just kind of like, you know, I'm coaching, so I'm not really lifting weights. I'm not like a spin class or those TRX classes where you work out with the mm-hmm. staff or the, with the students. I'm kind of like you know, monitoring them and kind of giving them a direction and stuff. And I have other coaches there that can help demonstrate and stuff like that. And the members can help demonstrate so he's like, "Well, you can do that small. You can do small things, but just don't do anything lifting. I couldn't lift anything for like. Well, I couldn't lift anything heavier than ten pounds for like the first three weeks. And then slowly get back into it. So, I'm almost going back to work, probably a couple of weeks now. So the recovery is really good. Yeah. And you, so you took two weeks off after the surgery. Yeah. Well, they wanted me to take two months off. Yeah. But I, I told them like one job is. Or I love coaching. I just want to get back into it because I felt like that's my physical. Like, I was like, if I could just be physical, I'm at the gym doing. You can move around. I can, like, you know, touch the weights. (laughs) One day I'll be able to. Did he miss me? Yeah. (laughs) I missed you.
0: (laughs) But yeah, you're like, even, even you know, between coaching classes and stuff like that, you're kind of like sitting and stretching. And I guess like you've gotten the the go ahead from your doctor to kind of yeah. do that when you've gone in for your checkups and stuff.
1: Yeah, he wanted me to move. Like once I was, he wanted me to get up as soon as I can start walking. And even walking, remember when I first had to get up from the hospital? I was three days in, and the the nurse was like, "Hey, let's stand up and start moving around." Because the first three days I was bed rest. I couldn't. I didn't leave the bed for three days. It was, like, uh, I didn't eat nothing for three days. I had, like, the IV in me for the fluids and the nutrients and stuff. Mm. Man, that was the weirdest feeling. Like, mm. imagine, like, I love eating, and I was, like, I'm hungry, but I haven't eaten nothing, but I don't feel starving. Like, it was, like, yeah. the weirdest feeling. Morphine slows everything down, though, too. Yeah. Like, it just... Yeah. yeah, my, all my insides were, like, not working properly. That's why they, I couldn't drink any water. Like, said, so try mm. to just suck on, like, ice cubes, ice cubes. Yeah. and stuff. I'm, like... Yeah, this is a, it. Was a really unique feeling of just being in the hospital, and then I just didn't feel like I belonged there too, because I was like in the war. Like this type of surgery was like most men that get it are like in their seventies or eighties, and I was like, I was like in my room of five. There's five males in the room. Of five males, I was like the youngest by like forty years. Of like, and then the guy next to me had the same surgery, yeah. but he had his whole kidney removed. Wow. and the guy next to me had half his lung removed. So like I'm
0: doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, like, I'm okay. Yeah. And like they were they were talking and I was trying to be the jokester in the room but like, just you know like pin dropped like no jokes. Yeah. I'm like I think I'm pretty funny. What's their problem? I'm yeah. funny. Why didn't they laugh? It's the room. It's <laughs> the, the room. room. It's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, but then my girlfriend tells me I'm not always funny. So no, but she's wrong. I think you're you're <laughs> funny. Some of those dad jokes though are just like so bad. So yeah, bad. dad jokes. Yeah,
0: right on there. You had to be on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> recovery going. Yeah. Um, You know, you're you're moving around. You're doing stuff. You're jumping on the you know C two bike every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so you're just kind of like sitting on the floor and stretching. I know you're not allowed to grab weight. I I totally forgot. I was in a workout the other day. I'm like.
1: Can you grab handstand. two forty-pound dumbbells? I'm like, nope. Yeah, it's like
0: doing handstand push-ups, and I'm like, I, I, I broke my neck in the past, and I'm like, you know, just certain days, you're like, nah, not gonna do it. I'm like, you want to grab me two forty-pound kettlebells? <laughs> nope. I'm like, what do you mean, nope? I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, never I mind. got it, I got it. So, um, so recovery's looking pretty good. Like I know we kind of chatted about it before you went in for surgery, and and you know, I, I think a lot of times doctors look at it as to the patients that are going for these type of surgeries are, you know, older, they're overweight, they're not active, they're not strong. And I think that you had a huge advantage going into this surgery, being, you know, at the fitness level and and level of health that you are and you take care of yourself. And, uh, I think that's, that's a huge reason as to why you're, you know, recovering well. And I think, you know, in it, how, how long has it been since the surgery now?
1: Uh, September 19th was my surgery date. So almost two, just shy of two months. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
0: that's a pretty, that's a pretty good recovery. Cause you'd been here coaching now for, well, it was two weeks after your surgery, you started back and it was like, Hey, yeah. do you want to take like another week off and just like make sure you're good? And you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, I was, I had, I had people in my life to tell me to just take more time off and, it's like one of those things. Like if I just at home, I'd just be stir crazy or something, or or I would just do something at home that was, you know, not the right thing to do. I could just lift this by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then right now, it's like <clears throat> the recovery is going so well that um, I almost forget it's there until I notice that it's not. Like I'll go reach for something and or twist the wrong way, and it's like sharp pain. Oh crap! I shouldn't have done that, but yeah. I didn't feel it up until then. Yeah. And so it's just like it's. Like I said, this is the weirdest feeling. You know, I've been hurt before with injuries and stuff. This was just a different type of injury that I wasn't familiar with. And like I said, people around me were scared leading up to the surgery. Mm. I wasn't scared of the surgery or what it could prevail. Like I wasn't even scared of it being cancer. It was just I was more concerned like if I, I can't do anything physical after this, and that's going to stop me. I was more. That was my scare. That was my worry. Not nothing else scared me about it. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and it's. Yeah, you got to got to remind yourself that, you know, you, you can't worry too much about stuff that hasn't happened yet and it's just like, hey, when it when it happens then you deal with it, but yeah. if you're going to like sit there and just go nuts because like what if, what if, what if? Like, you know, hey, what if I get into the car now and get into an accident and yeah. what like, you know, you can sit around and do all that, but at the same time it's just like, you know, when it comes up and when it's real and when it's in front of you, you you deal with it just kind of like you you dealt with the, the surgery and everything and things are going great and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get back to 100% in in no time and, yeah, it's going to be... I'm sure you're going to be happy too because, like, you know, just that that fluke of, like, going and, and getting that, that CT scan done and finding out what it is, like, you know, hey, if that would have gone on, like, another... And who, who knows how quickly it was growing or progressing and how long it's been there for, yeah. but, you know, that could have been you know, a year from now, two years, five years, like, who knows? And, yeah, very, very fortunate to be able to, you know, have that,
1: have happened the way it has. Yeah. I'm happy I found it the way it did. And, like, the best case scenario happened. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, what I forgot to say is, like, the the where the tumor was located was in a very difficult spot. Like, they they were worried that they would uh, have to remove the whole kidney. Yeah. Because the tumor was, like, right close to the main artery, right in the middle. So, uh, they said, like, we'll go in there. We can't. We we won't know if the kidney will be removed. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you if it's going to be yes or no. It's It'll like you'll wake surprise. up with one. <laughs> you'll wake up with one or two kidneys. Yeah. So they ended up saving it. They nicked the artery, the, or the sorry they nicked the vein. Mm-hmm. So they had to patch that up, and I think that was one of the reasons why I had to stay in the hospital for a little like bed rest for so long because they didn't want to rupture. You don't want to blow that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, then they ended up taking 10% of the kidney and saved 90% of it. So that was, like, the best case scenario they could have done. So it was, like, they asked them if it's going to be a full recovery. The kidney will function normally. Mm -hmm. And uh, learning some things about the kidney was interesting. Like, two kidneys is, like, more than enough for your body to handle, like, filtering the body's blood. Mm -hmm. And uh, having two is, is... more than enough so like having one uh, it would have been no differences in -hmm. physical changes he said the only risk of having one is like now you don't have a backup if something happens like if i got into a car accident Mm -hmm. then you're on dialysis for your whole life waiting for a kidney transplant whereas he wanted to save the kidney but it was a longer recovery partial nephrectomy is longer than a full removal yeah so i was he's like you're healthy you're young let's do it now and it's the best case scenario just to recover on it but yeah it was it was a moment and yeah yeah it was fun cool well i think uh yeah
0: the the amount that you've taken care of yourself over the years and and you know all the the history of exercise and what you've been doing now has has definitely helped and And even just the, like, mobility aspect, just hanging out and and doing some of that stuff now. So you've had something to kind of, like, focus on and do and not go stir crazy with. So, um, yeah, anything you want to add or throw out there to to people, whether it is about, you know, recovery from from surgery or
1: anything? Well, I guess the two things I would point out to anyone that's listening would be, like, just kind of trust the process. Like, a lot of things take a lot longer than you think, especially when it comes to fitness or anything. Like, do anything. It takes time. Yeah. Right? So, like, just stay committed to the path and uh, don't don't let go of it so fast. A lot of people fail because they don't trust or they don't trust themselves doing it or they don't see results as fast as they were exp- or their friend that did it. Mm-hmm. Just try it. Like, the only way to get better at it is to fail and then learn from the failures and then eventually you start getting better and making better decisions. And uh, the second one would be just trust your body. If you feel something's wrong, just go check go get it checked out and don't always have to trust the doctor. Just if you don't like this answer, find another doctor. Yeah. Like it's it's you know we have the opportunity to do that. You know some people some places don't have the opportunity to get second or third or fourth or fifth opinions. Yeah. Just that don't be a worry worth though it's like kind of like just if you feel something's wrong go get it checked out because yeah. had i not asked for the ct scan like it wasn't offered to me i asked for it yeah and if i hadn't done that i would have walked around thinking oh that's just me getting old yeah and would have just accept the the discomforts yeah and then maybe 20 years it could have been something yeah. worse talking about it or and, two years <laughs> or two years like yeah. it could be something else right yeah and uh I just, I was thankful that I just, I trusted my gut thinking that something, something was wrong and yeah. it ended up being something that I caught very early and it could have been a different outcome. Yeah. no, oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, I always
0: think it is so much better to be fitter, healthier, stronger because when something like this does come up, you might notice it a lot quicker than if you were someone who just basically sat at a desk all day, you know, doing, doing work, not being active at night or anything like that and and you know that might not have popped up for or, or someone like that might have not have
1: noticed it right yeah so. just being being comfortable in your own body helps you understand your body and what's right and wrong yeah right like if if you're not paying attention to your body because you're sh- you do not you don't like it like just yeah. if you you had to just be happy in your body and just kind of like do your like self checks you don't have to like sit there and poke and prod your whole body but like if something yeah. feels wrong for more than a couple days yeah. It may not be indigestion. It might be something else. Yeah. You know, if your heart flutters and it worries you, go get it checked out. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to try. And even for example, I went to the surgeon yesterday because I had a weird pain in my belly button. He's like, that's just part of the healing process. But it, it was a new pain. So yeah. I, I got scared of it. I'm like, oh, this is it hernia? Because yeah. one of the complications of this type of Surgery is—you can create a hernia by moving too fast. Yeah. I mean, that's back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. I was very scared of having to do that again. Like, Damn so, it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I went there, and he's like, "No, it's." But he's like, "If you have any questions, any concerns, yeah. go get it checked out." Like, that's cool. He said, that "If you have the opportunity to do It's a do good that, doctor to have. Just go. get it checked out, and even if you feel embarrassed or like you're bothering someone, like that's what they're there for. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's awesome. So,
0: cool. Well. Thank you very much, Justin, for, uh, for sitting down and, and kind of sharing, sharing your story, kind of what led you up to like coaching and, and, you know, helping people and and your passion for it. And then also through, uh, you know, your, your surgery and your recovery and hopefully this, this helps
1: somebody out there. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm hopefully that it, it does. It's just fun. Like, and don't be scared. I'm not, don't be scared of life. Just go with it and but don't avoid it either. Yeah. so hundred percent. All
0: right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we hope that this podcast made you a little bit better than yesterday. Thanks a lot, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for making the time to listen to the better than yesterday podcast hosted by stark strength and conditioning. If you liked our show, please head over to the iTunes store and give us a rating. If you have any questions or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear us cover or people you think should be on this show, please let us know so we can make it happen. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that this podcast makes you better than yesterday.